Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. Hope everybody's having a fantastic night on this Tuesday and hope you're ready to discuss uh, an interesting proposition that's kind of arisen over the last couple of days. The case for the Titans to draft a quarterback with the 26th overall selection. Now, uh, well, while I understand that information is going to come as a bit of surprise to most of you and probably something that not a lot of you like, I do think that there is a reasonable discussion to be had around the quarterback position and what the Titans may end up doing with their first round draft pick more specifically based on some new information that's come to light over the course of the last, you know, basically week at this point. Uh, we are also going to talk about Ryan Tannehill, how solid the footing he is, how solid the footing is that he is on right now with the Tennessee Titans and how much basically leash he has heading into 2022. We'll wrap things up with a gone viral video, one that I think you guys will enjoy because it's almost master season at some point. You know, we have to have a Tiger Woods discussion that producer Reed has prepared for us later on in the show. Before we get things rolling, though, I need you to share the show on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. If you are on Twitter with us, please retweet the show in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. If you are on YouTube or Twitch, please subscribe to the A to Z Sports channel. And if you are on Facebook Live, you can share. Share now to public. That's in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. And once you've got your Facebook friends and your Twitch people involved with the chat and you're in and settled in for the evening, we can go ahead and get this show rolling officially. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Tuesday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, if you're new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is the place that you go for your dream address without the stress and the Intel Edge that allows you to sell for more at GaryAshton.com. Of course, Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs is what Brymac offers you. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for the Built For You program. You can get any Ford, any color, any customizable accessories built for you and delivered right to your door at tworiversford.com. And, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action, the action of which I'll tell you more about later on in the show. So, I I feel like people are going to come into the come into the show tonight and be a little hot and bothered about the idea that I'm suggesting that the Titans could draft a quarterback with the 26th overall selection. And here's what I'll say to you on the front end. Always in the first round, the strategy should be for almost every NFL team. Some teams do things differently. Obviously, if you're picking at the top of the round, you have much more defined needs than, say, a team selecting 26th, for example. But the strategy should almost always be, in a case like the Titans, best player left available, not drafting for need, not overdrafting because of position, best player available should always be the strategy in place. Now, that being said, if best player available happens to be a quarterback in the first round, you know, this does create some interesting propositions. Now, it's easy to think that that would not indeed be the case this year because the quarterbacks, it's not that they're the least talented position group of what is in the draft this year, but they're not the most talented position group as we're usually accustomed to seeing from the quarterbacks, or at least in the last couple of years, 
as this has gone on. And when I when you kind of when you kind of go through, all right, what are what are available to the Titans basically at this point? What do they have to offer? Uh, what or rather, what does a situation look like in which they in which fans would feel comfortable with them drafting a quarterback at 26? And I don't know that any situation would I don't think that any situation would present itself where you felt good about your team taking a quarterback in the first round where your quarterback is currently on the roster, even if you're not sold on him as a long term solution. Completely understandable that that would be the case. But I would also present to you the argument that. Ryan Tannehill, as you well know, is not Aaron Rodgers. So to draft a quarterback in the first round behind Ryan Tannehill would be not as offensive as what the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers when they drafted Jordan Love in the first round a couple of years ago. Now, nor is this a situation where you could look at it and say, this is a team that's very much in win-now mode. And to maximize the position of this year's team, you need to look at this and say, You need to look at this and say, well, it's not necessarily just about this year because John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have just signed extensions basically through 2026, I think was the reporting on that. So they're not just thinking about this year either, even though you would like for them to be all in on this year. Damn the future. They want to make sure that this thing can stay sustainable in a way that makes sense. Um, Mark Jones says, how about some pass protection and help for Tanny? That's what we need. Not a quarterback. Tannehill is durable. He is our guy. And and Mark, you're you're entitled to have that opinion. And also, they may feel that they need to figure out what options make the most sense to them. Because yes, it's completely fair for fans to want upgraded protection and another wide receiver and a rookie tight end. And you may still get all of those things. But if your first round pick ends up being a quarterback, there are going to be some specific reasons why. And we're going to talk through that. Tonight, uh, like I said, I'm going to make the case for it to happen. I'm not saying that I want it to happen. I'm saying that I, I'm not saying that I think it should happen. I'm saying that a case exists for the Titans to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. And, you know, somebody has to make that case at some point. So we're going to talk through this thing together. You're more than welcome to agree or disagree throughout the course of this evening's show. So with that being said, let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Frankly, let's just keep it short and simple. What would your reaction to the Titans taking a quarterback at 26 overall be? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We will discuss together right after I tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has so many great options for you, whether you're looking for a new vehicle. They have one of the state's largest inventory. Whether you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, I, in fact, just traded my old vehicle in Two Rivers to Two Rivers Ford, as many people are doing, because it is a great time to trade in your vehicle. But you can also go the built-for-you path, which is something that I did as well. And I did it more cost-effectively because Two Rivers Ford took my trade in uh, that you can, you know, if you uh, if you want to, if you want to go out and buy my uh, go buy my old 2000 what was it 2012 Ford Escape you can do that but if you want to do what I did you can do the built for you program the built for, built for you program allows you to build any Ford any new Ford with any customizable accessories and in any color that you choose they will build that specific Ford specifically for you they will build it and they will deliver it directly to your door after the vehicle is manufactured it is one of many things 
that Two Rivers Ford offers you to make sure that you get exactly what you are looking for in your next vehicle. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what would be your reaction to the Titans drafting a quarterback with the 26th overall selection? Well, I think, one, it would depend on who that quarterback is. And we have no idea who that quarterback might be. We have no idea if that's the option that they so choose. But it is one that the more you talk things out the way that we're going to do tonight, the more we talk things out, you could make a legitimate case for that happening. Billy Jones says he would be surprised but not mad about it. Uh, Orlando Jones wants to know what dirt does Logan Woodside have on John Robinson? Listen, Logan Woodside has been the uh, has been the crypt keeper of the backup quarterback position. You cannot unseat him. You cannot. You can't. I mean, he can't. He will never see the field. But you can't get him out of that backup quarterback position. He has knocked down every other backup quarterback that they've put in front of him over the course of what? I mean, I guess I think he was on the practice squad when it was Marcus and Tannehill on the active roster, if memory serves. I believe that was Logan Woodside's first year in 2019. But in 2020 and 2021, they couldn't find guys to knock him off. He kept that job, rightfully so, even though we haven't seen him take live game reps, really live game reps, um, without. Because Ryan Tannehill, fortunately for Titans fans, has been hugely available, which was also a question about him when he came over from Miami. Donovan Romaine's opinion would be that it is a wasted draft pick. Um, MB says, Buck, that's because the competition for Woodside has been crappy. But, you know, I mean, MB also consider that that's like that's the best competition that that is available at the backup quarterback position. Now, I'm not saying that you should prepare to have a quarterback as you're as you're in a reserve role that is going to be a, you know, replacement level starter type player. There's not many franchises that can can do that right that's not easy to find Andy Dalton is still out here getting deals from NFL teams because Andy Dalton represents one of the best backup quarterback options on the market um so when you're kind of going through all the different things that need to be discussed around this particular situation you go and you look about, okay, and you start to pay attention to what people are saying around draft time, around pro days, because NFL people are gathering at the respective pro days. And in the latest uh, in the latest of this rumor mill season, understanding that nothing is set in stone, and people are lying all the time through their teeth because nobody wants to tell anybody else who they're going to draft or give any kind of real indication of who they're going to draft. But I would say that, there is no disputing that Ryan Tannehill is on thinner ice in Tennessee. This is not a hot this is not a hot take. This is not new news to you guys. Ryan Tannehill is on thinner ice than he's ever been uh, here in Tennessee, rightfully so. It cannot have the disastrous ending to the season that last year did, even though that's a bit recent that's a bit of recency bias. Ryan Tannehill has to be better in 2022 if he wants if, if he wants to have any hope of maintaining this job. Now on on the you know if you're playing devil's advocate, Ryan Tannehill, they're not going to do better than Ryan Tannehill anytime soon, right? That's the whole issue with, and I don't have to tell you guys that as Titans fans, that's the whole issue with where you've existed as a franchise. Ryan Tannehill saved your ass, and now he represents one of the best options that you've had at quarterback in the post, uh, post-McNair post world, right? In fact, he is the best quarterback that you've had in the post-McNair world, understanding that you know the history of the Titans, the Titans era specifically doesn't go back 
more than more than two decades at this point. Well, a little over two decades at this point, but not more than, you know, it's not been even 25 years of Titans, Titans football, even though the Oilers have been around since the 60s. So, you know, there's no disputing that Ryan Tannehill is the best option that you have had since Steve. And so with that being said, how do you kind of balance this tricky proposition where, you know, you think that he's capable of more. We've all seen him be capable of more. But you know that his contract situation next year is going to get pretty precarious after the end of the season if they don't have an immediate answer on the roster. And while next year's crop of quarterbacks is expected to be better, one, you can't automatically assume that just because they're supposed to be better means that they're going to be better. For example, for those of you who follow college football, Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the top quarterback it was supposed to be the first overall pick in this year's draft. And of course, famously, he got benched at Oklahoma and had to transfer this year. So you have no idea in preseason predictions who is going to pan out in college anyway, the way that they are expected to. But given that this is a down year for quarterbacks by any measurement, what's to say that next year, outside of the Titans utterly collapsing in 2022, that you'll have any better opportunity at a quarterback who can be the guy after Tannehill unless your season goes up in smoke this year, which, of course, I don't think anybody expects it to. Unless there is some kind of nuclear situation where the Titans season, where, where you know, all of a sudden they're missing the playoffs and they're, you know, the Colts rebound and, you know, in this hypothetical and Matt Ryan is winning the division or you know, Davis Mills, God forbid is winning the division and the Titans are left on the outside looking in if some, if, you know, and I have no idea what would it, what it would it take this to happen other than, you know, all of the injuries that happened last year couldn't derail them, but you know, could there be more substantial injuries? I have no idea, right? This is just a hypothetical, but unless you are going to completely explode in a bad way, this coming season, there's no, there's no way to assume that you're going to have a better shot at a better quarterback than you would this year when you're selecting 26th. And when you're looking at the quarterbacks, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, this. there's probably not a franchise game changer among this group right now. But this may be the best option that they have to go out and try and upgrade or prepare for the future. Randy Hemberg says he agrees, Buck. He lives through Jake Locker and Marcus Mariota. And honestly, Marcus... I, mean, I think you guys make Marcus out, a lot of you guys make Marcus out to be worse than he actually was. Not that he was good enough. He was obviously, you know, he failed here uh, in trying to re-rejuvenate the Titans, but he also did get them to the point where they became a legitimate franchise again. Patrick Steckman on Facebook Live says, to be fair, Buck, that class that had Mahomes and Watson in it was considered a bad year for quarterbacks. That's so, right? None of us, none of us knew that Patrick Mahomes, or at least None of the converse, none of the people talking about the quarterbacks that year knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this. Now, Andy Reid probably thought that he was going to be something because they traded back up to get him. And certainly nobody would say that Mitch Trubisky is the best of the three that were that went in the first round that year with uh, Trubisky first. What was it? I believe Watson second and then Mahomes third. Not one, two, three overall, but I, of the quarterbacks that went off the board that year, I can't remember if Watson and Mahomes went first, but I want to say that I want to say that Watson went before Mahomes in that draft. I would have to go back and look up the results. 
regardless, this is going to be, this is a complicated situation. And precedent does exist for them doing this uh, for or for a team doing this. So when I say, what would your reaction be to the Titans taking a quarterback at 26? You know, I'll tell you what my reaction would be. But first, I want you to hear from your general manager, John Robinson, uh, when I asked him whether quarterback was at all off the board this season. Like we said, the, the priority is good football players. Is is the quarterback position off the table this year, or is no position off the table? No, I think we're always looking to you know to, to add players to the team that we think you know either from a developmental role uh, can help the football team, uh, from a depth role can help the football team. Um, you know, Logan's certainly done; he's improved. Um, you know, Ryan's done has made a bunch of great throws for us. Yeah. He's played a lot of good football for us. Uh, unfortunately, he had a bad game or two last year, and, and, and that sticks with you, especially when it's the last game of the year. Recency bias is tough. You know, so um, – and he knows he's got to be better, and I know he's going to work his tail off to be better and improve, uh, just like all of our players are. Um, but I think that position – you know, you're, you're always looking at that position because it's such an important position, maybe the most important position to the football team. So that's uh, the interview that I did with John Robinson at the Combine when he said, no, I mean, quarterback's not off the table, but we do like the progress that those guys are making. Now, you're going to, you're not going to outright, John Robinson at least is never going to outright bash the players on his roster in a way that, you know, sometimes I know a lot of you guys do or would like him to. But Ryan Tannehill at this point is going to be their starter for, if not the entire season, the vast majority of 2022, right? But, that does not that does not absolve them. That does not remove them from a quarterback discussion. Now, whether or not it happens in the first round is a completely different scenario. But I'll tell you my one word or my what my reaction would be to seeing the Titans draft a quarterback in the first round here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. And the Ashton team is hiring. They hired 65 new agents last year. This is an incredible time to work in the Nashville real estate market. So if you want to work for the big man at the Ashton team, the official real estate agent of the Titans, the Preds, and it is eSports prime time, you can help people get in their dream address without the stress or sell for more with GaryAshton.com. They are the number one REMAX team, not just in the country, not just in the state, but in the world. That was literally an award that they just won. They're the best REMAX team in the world. That's no small feat. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage can hook you up or provide you with a fantastic career at GaryAshton.com. That's where you can go to find out more information. So I would be, my reaction to the Titans taking a quarterback 26th overall would be basically, Okay, they understand that they are in a unique situation where uh, they are uh, they are looking at the circumstance with the Tennessee Titans, and they are saying, if the 49ers can do something like this with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, why couldn't we? I uh, Buck uh, William Young says, Buck, you are looking and sounding like Max Headroom. I don't know what that means, but uh, so you'll have to be more specific, William Young. In the comments on YouTube, I don't, unless there's a joke that I'm missing. Um, But Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers are a good example of this, right? They traded up for Trey Lance. There was a year where there were five first-round quarterbacks taken. 
We knew that Lawrence was going to be one. We knew that Wilson was going to be two. But after that, we had no idea what the Niners were going to do at three. But we know that they traded up because they felt that they needed to get better at the quarterback position. And what they did was a long-term play on a team that's considered a contender. Because not only did – I mean, Trey Lance did have a start. He might have had two, if memory serves, because I know Jimmy dealt with some injuries throughout the course of this year. But I don't – I mean, if, if, he, if Trey Lance even had two starts, it wasn't more – than two, and that's the third overall pick in the NFL draft. Now, when you've got a veteran quarterback on the roster, you're still looking to win with players at value. But basically, the way that the reporting has come out, and understanding that Jimmy has also had having shoulder surgery, and the fact that all these different quarterbacks filled up all the available jobs, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be a San Francisco 49er when the season starts next year. And San Francisco can manage that. One, because they're paying Jimmy like they would pay a quarterback. But two, because the guy who they're looking for him to for him to actively lose his job to in Trey Lance will be playing on a rookie deal. And so you can manage the money that way, even if it's kind of inverted. Now, this, this is not a perfect parallel to what the Titans have, right? You want... I think most people would look around and say that Jimmy Garoppolo is an inferior quarterback to Ryan Tannehill. And, but understanding that Jimmy Garoppolo with great coaching and with great players around him has made a Super Bowl and played in two NFC championship games. One, an NFC championship game as a matter of fact. Um, MB says San Francisco was trying to trade Jimmy, but no, no one bet on what they wanted. Plus Lance turned out to be less ready than they thought it wasn't planned. No MB, it was planned, not this specific portion of the offseason. But it was planned to draft Trey while they still had Jimmy, right? They're thinking about a succession plan. The succession plan was already in the works. They were not actively shopping Jimmy Garoppolo when they drafted Trey Lance or in the immediate aftermath of drafting Trey Lance. That's not the case. That was not the case at all. Now, what I will absolutely concede is that they were, and it's not even a concession. It's just factually accurate. They were shopping Jimmy this offseason, but we saw how different, you know, Aaron Rodgers staying and Tom Brady staying and uh, Russell Wilson being traded and Carson Wentz being traded. And then all of a sudden, Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh and all of these different quarterback jobs. Basically, Deshaun Watson is the, with the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield may not have a job next year. He may, uh, they, the Browns may have to ride it out and they've already signed Jacoby Brissett, which makes that whole situation uh, that whole situation uh, different. But the point stands that the succession plan was put in place with a much, much higher draft pick. A third round draft, or excuse me, a third overall draft pick is a much more valuable selection. Now you would, now you could arguably say that they couldn't, they couldn't draft a more important position with the third overall pick, a more helpful position for that team as currently constructed because you knew that San Francisco had traded up and that you knew that the bones were in place for them to kind of make this thing go if they wanted to. But Jimmy Garoppolo at this point is going to be the backup in San Francisco until such time as, you know, maybe there's an injury at the quarterback position during the season. And then Jimmy goes on to get, get goes on to get moved, but maybe it's delayed by a year from the succession plan that they had wanted to plan but this is a circumstance in which they have found themselves with, yeah, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup quarterback option. Or if Jimmy needs to start the year and it takes a little longer to bring Trey Lance along, i.e. what might be the case with Ryan Tannehill 
and a rookie in 2022 or even in 2023 because Tannehill will still be under contract. Here is what I will say to you about this certain circumstance. It's, it's not an unimaginable situation. It's not beyond the pale. Again, I have no idea that it's going to happen. And this, this, this is born of the fact that Albert Breer did a mailbag about basically you need to keep an eye on Desmond Ritter in Tennessee or coming to Tennessee. Quote, here's the quote from Albert Breer's mailbag. Of course, Albert Breer, one of the most respected NFL reporters that we have, uh, the lead writer for Sports Illustrated. Quote, is there one quarterback Titans general manager John Robinson would be interested in? It's worth keeping an eye on Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. I've heard that Bearcats coach Luke Fickle and his staff have really talked Ritter up privately to NFL teams, and Fickle's best friend happens to be Mike Vrabel, the Titans head coach. Now, that seems like a little bit more of a reach than I think people were trying to make it over the weekend. People were also trying to tell me that A.J. Brown was was in trade talks to the New York Jets, which I thought, you know, which I told you was complete and total bullshit. So you you take that that tidbit with a grain of salt. But like I said, Desmond Ritter, and you'll hear from Desmond Ritter later on in the show because we're going to talk about like how solid how solid is Tannehill's footing in 2022. Um, Desmond Ritter of the quarterbacks that are going to be available in the first round this year, Desmond Ritter makes the most sense for the Titans to select. But we'll get into that here in just a second. Um, so let's move on to that portion because I want you to hear from Desmond Ritter. And I want you to describe for me, how would you describe Ryan Tannehill's status with the Titans in 2022? Uh, it can be a one word. It can be, you know, a phrase. One, what would, how would you describe Ryan Tannehill's status with the Tennessee Titans heading into this coming season? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com is where you go to get commercial HVAC work, to get residential HVAC work done, to get duct work done, to improve your airflow and air quality. Brymac is the place that you go. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical is the spot for you. Three locations in Middle Tennessee and in Kentucky to make that possible. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical. So, how would you describe Ryan Tannehill's status with the Titans in 2022? It's an interesting question because there has been no disputing that Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starting quarterback, even though some of you would have liked for that to have been disputed. There is no disputing that he will be the starting quarterback come the beginning of the 2022 season. Now, uh, secured, says MB, Forrest Tucker thinks the opposite. He thinks very shaky. Um, 100% the Titans quarterback for the foreseeable future. Well, no, Mark Jones, I, here's what I say. That is inaccurate. He is not 100% the Titans quarterback for the foreseeable future. He is, he is 99.9% the Titans quarterback for 2022, right? He's not the Titans quarterback for the foreseeable future. He is, I mean, he's probably 100% the Titans quarterback for 2022, even if they end up drafting a, a first-round rookie, if that ends up being the case. But for the foreseeable future, that is incorrect. For the immediate future, that is a more accurate statement. But beyond 2022, I would not say that Ryan Tannehill is anything but secured here. Uh, Tannehill is the Titans quarterback for the next two to three years, says Troy. He just needs to get better at certain throws and audibles. Uh, well, I have no idea what Ryan Tannehill, I don't know how you would have idea, any idea or how I would have any idea about 
audibles, Troy. You have no idea what Ryan Tannehill is saying at the line of scrimmage. You don't know whether that's audibles. You don't know whether that's communication at the line of scrimmage. You don't know how much Ryan Tannehill is making up for guys who didn't know the play around him last year, given the fact that you had 91 different players dress out for your football team. So I would say that your assessment, you have that, I don't know. How, basically, Troy, you can't say that with any degree of certainty because you don't know, right? And I'm not saying that I do. I'm just saying we. there's no possible way that we could know unless you're physically in the huddle with him and then on the field with him to see and hear how he's changing or not changing the plays. Um, for uh, EA, would like them to trade up for Willis. That's not going to happen. Willis is going to be gone probably in the top 10. TK Bullis says his 2020 season will turn out, 2022 season will turn out like Marcus last year did, calling it now. Well, of course, that couldn't possibly be so, TK. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless, so, so you're basically, TK, what you're alleging is that Ryan Tannehill who, if you're going to make the comparison to Marcus's final year here, so Ryan Tannehill would have had to have suffered nerve damage in the 2021 season, come back for 2022, tried to play through the hypothetical nerve damage, because, of course, that's what happened to Marcus Mariota, lest you forget. So, of course, that's not, there's no way possible that it could turn out like Marcus's last year did here, because there is no, we, I mean, at least we have zero indication that Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota suffered the same kind of nerve issue that Marcus had to end the 2020 or the 2018 season that saw him scratched as a uh, healthy scratch in week 17 against the Indianapolis Colts at the end of the 18 season. So there's no way, in no way, shape, or form would that be anything like the way that Marcus's career came to an end here. Uh, Buck, you know what he means, says Keelan. Um, that Ryan Tannehill, no, I don't know what he means. Ryan Tan Marcus Mariota couldn't play football, couldn't play, couldn't execute the plays. I mean, he can play football, but he can't play football as a conventional quarterback. So no, of course I don't know what he means. Marcus Mariota got benched six games through the season because his arm was physically not working the way you needed a professional quarterback's arm to work. So no, of course I don't know what he means. How, how, how could I possibly know? what he means because these are two uh two very different uh these are two very different scenarios of course of course you can't just assume that i know what it means uh matthew clevenger says i know you're incredibly smart well i don't that's that that's your assessment i think i think everything else in my life would tell me tell tell you that i'm not incredibly smart but you know, I appreciate the compliment, um, but no reason to have such a condescending literal response. Well, you know, Matthew, that's mostly just a tone thing. Tone is something that I've struggled with my entire life. And also like, I, and I appreciate you saying that about my intelligence. I would say, don't know, don't overestimate my intelligence because I do condescending is just kind of the way that I sound. Um, I wish that, uh, I wish that I could have better tone at certain points in my life, not just in what we do as far as the, as far as the primetime show is concerned. But yeah, my my responses, I mean, sometimes you guys can tell when I'm being actively condescending. That was not active condescension. That's me trying to flesh out. Now, if you're going to make that comparison, it it quite literally needs to be more literal. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think you can compare those two situations, even if you're looking for the same result, which is that Ryan Tannehill, you believe that Ryan Tannehill is going to get benched after six games, which of course is not going to happen here unless there's some kind of catastrophic injury that's that's why there was a degree of condescension in my voice because I do want you guys to be literal about this if you want to give me you know it's just like player comparisons well don't tell me that I don't, I don't even know who Harold Landry's pro comp would be but don't 
no, don't tell me that Harold Landry is the next Dwight Freeney unless you're going to come with spe- specific examples. And I'm not, I'm just saying Dwight Freeney because that's the first edge rusher that came to mind. But like, I think you do need to be quite literal in these circumstances if you're going to ask for those kind of comparisons to be made. Now, fortunately, I'm in a position to have covered those specific circumstances so I can be more literal to kind of walk you through why you need to be more literal when you're making those assessments. But the the condescension is just kind of, you know, that's just kind of a tone problem that I have. So apologize if I'm, you know, if I I come home, it's just kind of a jerk. It's, it's really, uh, it's really, uh, it's really a tough thing for me. (laughs) Mr. Shekel says, man, I struggle with tone too. You know, I mean, I wish, I wish that I didn't sound like a douchebag. I really, I really wish that that was the case. It's, it's something that has plagued me my entire life, Mr. Shuckle. It is, it is truly something that, you know, a lot of time, and a lot of times I'll hear something come out of my mouth and I'll be like, oh, I wish, I wish that didn't sound the way that it ended up sounding because that's not, of course, what I meant. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just have to own the fact that you, know, you can be, or at least I can be a little bit of a D bag, um, even if I don't mean it to be as, I don't mean it to be as, uh, as harsh as some people take it. And, and TK Bullis is, you know, TK Bullis is a trooper, right? He says, I didn't take it personal, Buck. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your understanding in that sense. But as far as, uh, as far as the, uh, as far as the quarterback situation is concerned and how, as far as, you know, how solid of footing is Ryan Tannehill on, I would say that he is on very solid footing for 2022, but also he needs to perform like, Ryan Tannehill can't play the way that he did last year and maintain that solid footing, right? He has to earn, re-earn your trust, not the organization's trust because they do trust him, but also they have to be, they have to be aware of how things go down and how thing, what they need to monitor because in the same way that they are understanding of what went wrong around Ryan Tannehill, they also understand that franchise quarterbacks need to play better. And Ryan Tannehill is a franchise quarterback here, but I would say that the ground is not solid enough for them not to consider a quarterback who they would like and who also resembles he in his in by his own admission somebody like Desmond Ritter who watches Ryan Tannehill because Desmond Ritter thinks his game mirrors Ryan Tannehill in certain aspects. I think I should be the first quarterback off the board cuz you know I'm athletic, I make plays. I'm the most winning court, winningest quarterback in, in, you know, almost all of college football, um, and I think that can translate over to the NFL. I think at the end of the day, I'm a winner, and I don't think anyone else is going to tell me any different or, or make me feel any different. How's your daughter? My daughter as well. Um, she's getting big. She's almost 10 months now. She's got two front teeth, and uh, she's crawling all over the place. How does that experience change you? Uh, it's really just made me realize how, you know, selfless, you know, uh, I could be because, you know, everything I do now, I do for her and I do for my family. Um, you know, whereas before it just might've been my, you know, immediate family or for myself even. Um, but now, you know, every little thing, whether that's, you know, just meetings, um, lifting, whether that's practice, um, anything, you know, is now done for her. Tell me about your mom. My mom, she's um, she's a great woman. Um, she had me at the age of 15, and you know I, I kind of grew up watching her grow up as well. Um, she she you know raised me in my grandma's house um, with my aunt and uncle who were two and three years older than her, um, and you know I, I've seen her be at the lowest of the lows and the highest of highs. Um, she's made me who I am today, 
Um, she's made me the man I am today, and, you know, she's, as any mother should, she's always there for me in my highs and lows. And, you know, I felt like we've really just grown together. What NFL quarterbacks, if any, do you like to watch, learn from? So back when, you know, Cam was in his prime, I would always watch Cam Newton. Um, and, and now, you know, I like to watch Ryan Tannehill because uh, I feel like we kind of have some similarities as far as game management. Um, and then also just the athleticism of Lamar growing up from Louisville, um, always watching him in college or watching him play at Louisville in college, kind of just transferred over to watching him in the NFL. And um, I'm not as fast or as shifty as him, but sometimes, you know, he gives me a little cues of this and that uh, to be able to make some moves. So that's Desmond Ritter's interview with the NFL Network. Pretty interesting to hear him say that he watches a lot of Ryan Tannehill because he feels, you know, now that he's more realistic about what his game is, it's rare that you hear people like, you know, it's easy to say, well, I picture myself as the next Patrick Mahomes or that's who I watch because I want to play like Patrick Mahomes. No, this is somebody in Desmond Ritter who's very grounded in reality and who looks at Ryan Tannehill and says, yeah, a lot of the ways that he manages the game are the ways that I manage the game. Jay Street says, uh, exactly, they don't need another game manager. He's not the answer. Jay, that's... And uh, listen, Jay, I'm not mad at you, all right? Because I, you're, you're, echoing, you're echoing the sentiment that a lot of people have, right? But here's the mistake that I think you're making, Jay. Um, and here's the mistake that I think a lot of people make when they, when they use game manager as a kind of quarterback slur almost, right? Coaches want quarterbacks to manage the game. (laughs) That's exactly what they're coached to do. Manage the game in our style of play and give us the best chance to win a football game. Every quarterback is a game manager. Now, some quarterbacks possess the ability to break a game open because their talent is so far and above beyond what what their peers may be able to do but there are far few there are far fewer examples of those players than what most people are working with at quarterback Peyton Manning manages games managed games well Tom Brady manages games as well as anybody in the NFL there are players when you talk about when you talk about the, I mean, system quarterback is another one of these phrases that people almost toss around as a slur. Every quarterback is taught to be a system quarterback. They're literally coached within the system. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Jake West says, "Wow, Buck is ridiculous saying that every quarterback is a game manager." I'm not saying that every every quarterback is a game manager, Jake. Don't be a jackass about this. All right, I'm saying. Uh, and maybe may, again, there's not a there's and I don't want to I don't want to attack Jake that way because there's no sarcasm font on the internet and Jake may be being sarcastic about you know what it is that I've just said, but it's not ridiculous at all. And I'm not saying that every quarterback is a game manager. I'm telling you that every quarterback is coached to manage a game. That's a completely different conversation. How much more or less a quarterback like? All right, say Teddy Bridgewater, right? Who is alt, who is one of the safest backup quarterback options because you know Teddy's just going to pitter-putter around. You're not going to score 25 points a game with Teddy, but you know you're not going to have a bunch of turnovers. That's what people, I think, in their minds associate with game manager, when in reality, Aaron Rodgers is tasked with managing certain game situations. 
Tom Brady is tasked with managing certain game situations. Matt Stafford, one of the most, one of the biggest flaws about Stafford's career is sometimes he manages late game situations poorly. Game management is a skill. It's not a defining factor. It's not a defining phrase about what a quarterback is. It's just something that I think we've gotten lazy with the analysis in saying because that is exactly what they are all coached to do. And I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of what coaches tell quarterbacks and how coaches deal with quarterbacks and how fans view quarterbacks, right? And that's something that's something that I had to learn. You know, I'm not like like I said, I'm not upset. I'm not upset at you guys for saying that. That's something that I had to learn too. And that's only because my job, half of my job, well, not half of my job, but a portion of my job is talking to coaches about how they deal with players. You know what I'm saying? So that I can understand better, so that I can tell you how they're talking about their players and how they're working with their players and what their objective objectives for their players are. Uh, MB says, well said, Buck. It's appalling why fans think the term game manager is such an insult. You know, I mean, and like like I said, like I'm not I'm not appalled by it because how, how many how many quarterback coaches uh, who who made the, the initial comment? Um, I need to go back and, and need to go back and find it. But, you know, what is, okay, I'll just take, I'll just take Jake, for example, like how many, how many quarterback coaches is Jake, how many NFL quarterbacks coaches are Jake West, is Jake West talking to in his, in his life? Probably not a ton, unless, you know, you're related to somebody, or you know, somebody that knows somebody or whatever. Like, I'm not mad at people who don't understand that because they've never had, they've never had that experience, which is why I don't want to take anybody's head off. Just because I I do, right? I have. That's the way that you talk to coaches about these things to better understand how it is that they approach their jobs. Um, so uh I I like I said, I don't wanna I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna take anybody's head off about that because again, sometimes I forget that in the same way that not everybody has access to the things that I have, I just wanna make sure that people understand. I just wanna make sure that people understand the way that coaches, the way that coaches view these things. Uh, Jake West says, no fair, no hard feelings, man. Loyal supporter. Like I said, like I said, tone, it's a real problem for me, guys. I hope, I hope that none of you, like sometimes you guys know when I, when I'm intentionally like going after somebody, but I hope nobody ever takes it personally. Cause I do, I do have, I do have really, really bad tone. And sometimes that I can, I can come off the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? So thank you. Thank you guys for being understanding about the fact that I sound like a douchebag sometimes. Uh, I want a kicker. I was, a, oh, I was a kicker, Buck, says Jake. Well, oh, very nice. I Well, perhaps, listen, they, they could have used you, Jake, in the last couple of years if you were any good at kicking um, because God knows they have needed somebody. But that's why Randy Bullock is back, baby. Anyway, um, okay, let's move on and let's talk about, uh, let's do the gone viral video. Let's pivot a little bit and we can get back to football later. In the week, the question that I have for you is this. The Masters are coming up very, very soon, as a matter of fact. I hear Jim Nance reading the uh, reading the commercials or see the commercials every uh, every couple of days on uh, CBS or every everywhere else that the Masters is covered on ESPN, the Georgia, you know, the uh, Georgia. I can't say. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that song a tremendous disservice. But you understand the, the commercials that I'm talking about. Scale of 1 to 10. Let's do a gol- gone viral video. The likelihood that Tiger Woods makes a comeback again. That's now this was producer Reed's question, uh, and something that we need to talk about, I think, because that is the only way that I think the majority of people are going to get interested in golf once again. But on a scale of one to ten, how likely do you think it is that Tiger Woods is able to make a comeback? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. 
We'll talk about it together. It's this week's Gone Viral video because a Tiger comeback is being discussed by smart people in intelligent spaces. And I'll tell you why that is the case here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports gets you in on all the action. March Madness, the final four. It's upon us, forgive me. If you are a new customer at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's just that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you desire. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code A to Z Sports, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, the question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is it, do you think, that Tiger Woods is able to make a comeback? Um, I think that, uh, I think Orlando Jones gives it a 6.5. Remember the Tiger Woods is coming off a horrendous car crash, uh, broken leg. Uh, I mean, all kinds of issues that he went through and he started, I mean, he's been back on golf courses through the rehabilitation process. It's been, excuse me, it's been over a year since that Tiger Woods crash. In fact, if I remember correctly, he was on his way to give Drew Brees golf lessons. Keelan says a two, Joe Morris says a four, zero for Jeremy Graham. Here's what I'd say, Jeremy. I would never put it at a zero because Tiger is, you know, Tiger's one of these indomitable forces in sports that you learn to never count out. And I don't know, um, I don't know that he'll ever win the Masters again, for example. I don't know that he'll ever win another major again, for example. But can he mount a comeback that makes him still a part of the game of golf in a way that keeps a lot more people interested in this circumstance. For Brock Kraft, he says a 10. Captain Trimp, uh, Captain Trips is fence-sitting. He says uh, he's going to sit there at a 5. Um, well, in discussions about it this week, I thought it was pretty interesting that even the idea of a Tiger Woods comeback was something that was being discussed as being on the table. From everything <laughs> you know right now, do you think Tiger Woods will compete at Augusta? Yes, I do. And, and that's a devi- or that's a shift uh, from what I thought two days ago, from what I thought five days ago. This is not, you know, Augusta National, Jenny, is, is not a place that, that people make returns at. It's a, it's a very, this sounds ridiculous for an athletic event, but it's a very difficult place to walk. It's very tiring. It's very taxing. Tiger hasn't played an official event in 17 months. And I think what's most interesting about this The part that people aren't necessarily talking about right now but might going into next week is if Tiger Woods plays, it's a deviation from from what we've known about him historically. What does he always say, Jenny, whenever he arrives at an event? Hey, I'm here to win. Now, Tiger can't realistically believe that he's at the 2022 Masters to win because he's had so much time off because of how good everybody else in the world is right now. So it's more of a, hey, I'm, I'm jumping back into this if he does play, and I'm here because I want to play in the Masters. I want to be part of the festivities. So that would be a deviation from what we know about him historically, what he's always said. But it's also worth celebrating because it would be one of the great 
comeback stories of, of modern sports to, to, as Tiger said, almost like 50% chance that he was going to lose his right leg uh, about 15 months ago. To come back and play in the Masters 15 months later would be truly remarkable. So that's a far departure, that uh, audio courtesy of or video courtesy of CBS Sports HQ. That's a far departure from where I think most of us thought. I had no idea that Tiger had even uh, arrived at Augusta for practice rounds. It's pretty interesting that he, you know, it seems like he's going to play in the Masters in the upcoming, I think, I think the Masters gets underway next week, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Anytime Tiger's in the mix in any way, shape, or form, it's going to be interesting. But as far as a comeback is concerned, you know, I would put it, I would put it at a, here's, I mean, comeback means he plays again, right? So, I mean, it seems like he's going to play again. Winning majors is a different conversation. I don't know that Tiger Woods ever wins another major, but to say that Tiger will never come back, if he plays at Augusta, that's a comeback, kids. I'm going to say a 9.9 at this point based on how this whole situation goes. That's going to do it for us on the primetime show this evening. Thank you guys, as always, for your participation and for putting up with my terrible tone from time to time. Radio show from 10 to 1 tomorrow. we got a lot of fun things to talk about. We're going to do the dumbest thing in sports. I'm certain that you guys will have some nominees. Uh, Love when I see or hear from primetime listeners on the radio show. Love when I see radio show listeners on the primetime show. So if you guys want to mix and match and try some different stuff that we're offering to you, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly always welcome to have you guys as a part of the conversation. So enjoy the rest of your evening. I will talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the radio show if you join us. And if not, catch you tomorrow night on ASB Sports Primetime. See you all.